G'day Footyology listeners, Roko here. Enjoy our podcast? Well, you can become an official Footyology podcast supporter simply by using the supporter feature through ACAST. There's no subscription or regular commitment, just the sheer satisfaction that comes with knowing you've kept the debt collectors from our door. No, just kidding. It does help though. If you want to get started, you just need to follow the support this show link in the show description. Thanks again. And now let's get on with it. G'day, I'm Rowan Connolly. And I'm Mark Fine. And we are here to wrap up most of a massive round five in the AFL. Of course, two games still to be played on this Anzac Day round, and we will give a quick preview of them later on. But what have you made of it so far, Finey? Two teams that I've, and so quite rightfully, some football scribes have had question marks over over the last couple of years, had excellent victories. Adelaide and Geelong really frank themselves as contenders. And a couple of disappointments. So it seems to me like every time a team makes a statement this season, the next week they take a step back and disappoint you. I think Port Adelaide were the disappointment oh, this week. No GWS a bit disappointing, but almost to form with them. Mm. And remember, they've always got a Kelly or a Scully, somebody big to come back in to uh, help ease the pain. So we, are we more convinced about anyone than we were a month ago or less convinced about anyone? Adelaide's an interesting side. They've got great service out of some young players. Yeah. They've just got to be careful. Look, they're not going to lose anything by bringing the Crouchers and uh, Rory Sloan back into the team, mm. but they don't want to lose the energy and excitement that young players can bring to a side. Now, no. You can't pick 26, That's so they point. need to get the balance. Uh, I'd like to give a special shout-out to North Melbourne, who had a great win over Hawthorne. Mm. Some of us were a little more, well, I put them 14th. It's hardly bullish, is it? But uh, they were almost a universal tip for the wooden spoon. I think they've been terrific so far this season. Yeah, they have been. They've, been, they've had a full complement of players there. And nothing wrong with that, but obviously Ben Brown and Waite is important to Ben Brown. And mm. Waite doesn't play every game, but he's fronted up. He looked really well behind with a late pre-season. There's also the who have they beaten factor, but I think Hawthorne no, no, this season is okay. a pretty good scalp, isn't it? What they have shown is, you know what's interesting? Magzak Dorr looks actually as though he may have a spot there at centre-half yep. back. Pretty powerful. Yep, good what, again. What, what they have shown is that their younger players, and not for four quarters every week, are they've certainly taken a step forward. They've got some young guys... Well, I wasn't. I think football was waiting to see whether they would make it or not, but they seem to be pretty good. Yeah, un- underrated. Young Vickers, Willis, and these guys yep. are standing up week in, week out. Underrated. That's North Melbourne territory and has been for a long time. All right, we're going to drill down on all this in a lot more detail now. It's time for the wraparound. Rightio, three games we talk about in a fair bit of detail, and we don't gloss over the others. We give a reasonable appraisal of them too, but... In terms of expectations, ladder position, etc., Sydney-Adelaide, Friday night, it's probably the most important game of the round. Uh, great win for the Crows. What do you make of it? Cracking game of football. One that Adelaide were... They, they had the game and they were defending a lead against a very strong team. 
who knows how to win games of football. They needed to do so without the basic guts of their midfield. And Greenwood went in there and other players took up roles. And maybe at the SCG it's easier to do. I sort of felt that you can cobble together a midfield at the SCG because there's less ground to cover. Yeah, And that, no, fair that they threw a couple of big bodies in there and it worked nicely. It was a very good game of football. Sydney had their chances. I felt no question they had their chances. But there were a few guys for Adelaide that stood up. And I, for them, as I said just in the preview uh, when we wrapped the round, let's hope that they can just keep some of this excitement and this young talent in the side as they reel, reel in the uh, players that have been injured. How about Taylor Walker? Don't you know within... You, you often say you know within 10 minutes whether Essendon's on or not. Mm. Read same Taylor Walker. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting. The players themselves, I think, last year voted him the best captain. You know, So they've yeah. never doubted his leadership qualities. Yeah. And it was a great first quarter. I thought there were a number of big pluses for him. He was obviously one. Rory Atkins, I think, really stood up. You know, if you've got both Crouch brothers out and Sloan out, the other guys simply have to lift. He's been good most of the year, I reckon. Big tick for Cam Ellis-Yolman shutting Josh Kennedy out of the picture. And he's, I like him. Jeez, he's got a strong body. But he, he gives them a midfield type I don't think they have necessarily if he's not there. So he adds something to the mix, and yep. I, you'd expect him to keep his spot. Oh, Paul Sleedsman was terrific. And uh, we'll talk about him in a bit more detail later on. But I think he's proving a good pickup for him. Who's Jake Weaver, they might ask, because Tom Doty um, has just slipped into that intercept marking role brilliantly. Yeah, no, he's, he's uh, except for a, a... Oh, brain fade when he terrible. went across. Yeah. yeah, OK, but, you know, it happens. And, and that, did, that did ignite a great moment in football. You know, football, we unfortunately have less and less of these just... Her, moments that are heroic, powerful, and clearly at the elite level. Mm. So Buddy gets the ball, yeah. and he kicks it a mile, and it takes a nice bounce, and it goes through. Yeah. And the strut, he's got the chest out, yeah. and the strut. And it's funny, because he went back to his opponent, had a bit of a, wry, a smile, and yeah. his opponent sort of, yeah, it was friendly. But then Walker turns Within, around. Well, the, says... kick, the kick from the clearance goes yeah. to Walker, and he almost makes a point of looking up at Franklin and telling the umpire I'm having a shot from a long way out. I wanted him to burst into song afterwards. Anything you can do, I can do. But wasn't it great that Buddy's not the captain, but you know, basically the leader and the leader, one kicks a huge goal mm. and the other one goes back, looks at the other man and kicks it. It was great. The other interesting thing I thought was they copped the rounds of the kitchen. Malcolm Blight was particularly scathing about them going in too tall up forward against Collingwood. Yep. But the tools were fantastic for him. Walker, uh, Jenkins, Lynch all played their part. Is he the best kick around the corner in the game? Who? Jenkins. He has uh, a lot of shots yeah. where he has to do that kick around yeah, the corner, yeah. and he really has Yeah, possibly. It. Possibly. Yeah, he's good. But they're, you know, like in the right conditions and when the delivery is good enough or whatever, those three tools are a really potent weapon. McGovern had a very fumbling night, but then he got deployed to defence, yeah. and <laughs> I thought the mark? it was really important. He took a mark like I would if I was playing yeah, football yeah. off his knee. And there was some there was some signs for Sydney. You know, who played his first game this uh, for the year this week, and he started carefully. He's a very good player, Harrison Marsh. You know, number thirty-one. I yeah, no, played, no, I know him. I thought he played really well. He put himself into the game, and he sort of drove them in the last quarter. I'll tell you, yeah, look, I'm 
Sydney are so consistent, you know, they're not going to suddenly spiral into poor form. But the absence of Sam Reid really has the capacity to hurt them because it means Buddy has to play closer to goal and they can't get him roaming up into the midfield where he becomes a, you know, a prolific ball winner. And, you know, the other week when they did that, he had 22 or whatever since Reid's been injured, closer to goal. And when he is close to goal, the Sydney players are just drawn magnetically to give the ball to him and it becomes easier to shut down. So that's an issue for them and they they need a replacement tool for Reid. You know what Longmire would have really been angry about? What? Look, no um, Sloan and the two Crouches aren't playing. All right, so Kennedy's out of form. The fact that Kennedy's out of form and then Parker and Hanabry couldn't pick up the the slack. Mm. you, You just needed really... A couple of their midfielders to imprint themselves on the game, and they well, won. But the three of them were not. Well, when they lost, there. when they lost the first six last year, that was a common denominator. Yeah. Those three, oh, to a lesser extent, Kennedy struggled. I mean, Jack played much better than them, and a lot of people thought Kieran Jack's time was up. Yeah, yeah, got to move on. Yep. Uh, all right, our second feature game this week, we are talking our first draw of the AFL season. Yep. Now, this was a surprise to most people. St Kilda. GWS 10-13, the Saints 9-19 to GWS, so they will rue some missed opportunities. But given what St Kilda um, have served up so far this year and given the sort of heat they'd copped during the week, it was a fantastic response. You must have been pretty happy. Yeah, you know what? 10 minutes into the game, I felt that we would win the game, that here GWS have done it again. You know, they've been thrown indoors on a Saturday afternoon against a pretty desperate team. And it's all just a little bit, it's, it's just comfortable. A, no, for them, it's just a, you know, a, a job, a step too far to actually put in. Mm. If they focus, it, it's like they sort of thought, oh, well, you know, what will be, will be. We'll go and sort this they out. They look bored Over time. the next few weeks. That, when, they, when they can go coast to coast, yeah. they're high-fiving and, I mean, three or four of their goals were coast to coast. Yeah. Just beautiful, incisive football. But where was they only kicked nine? Mm. Patton was really disappointing. Oh, the one well, look one plus for him. Deledio continues to come good. I thought he was probably their best performer yeah. on the weekend. You, you know he plays at a certain with a certain intensity that's his own style and yeah. it works for him. Yeah, I've had a feeling it was rubbing off on his teammates. The fact that he's laconic like a Dale Lewis and can yeah. get through traffic doesn't right, mean they all. Well, can. you can do it, but you know what? Some of the other guys were thinking they could do it, but they couldn't. Canilio was really good again. Yeah, he was. Um, let's talk about... Let's, yeah. I mean, you know, they were the disappointment, if you yeah, yeah. can be disappointed in a draw. I want to talk about your Saints, yeah, because... Yeah. Oh, just, just one other player that... I've never seen him play well against the Kilda, and he's a champ. He's green. Yeah? He bobs up occasionally, but, you know, I thought he could well be the difference. Yeah. Oh, I was looking for him. Oh, is he out there? I really... I, I, Three or four times, I thought he must have been off injured. Well, as far as the Saints went, um, I thought the midfield particularly really stood up. Ross was really good. Yep. Jack Stephen was really good, apart from perhaps... In fact, looking at that Carlisle moment again, it wasn't that bad a pass. He probably should have no, grabbed was a, a mark. No, there was nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little bit Oh, that's a chippy. tough, you know. It's, a, it's steaming out of the back line at the end of the game. Acres good. Yeah. Uh, probably the... Thing you'd you know, be I reckon most... was the best of them, and he's not in the best players. As Dunstan, I thought was fantastic. Well, I, I really liked uh, Ben Long. I thought Long really good. Yeah, how about that? How about that for an audacious piece of play yeah. late in the game? What about uh, the Ruck situation? I thought Hickey was good for it. Yeah, I mean, the best thing that St Kilda's got going is with Hickey and Longer is that they 
have each other to keep folks, you know, pushing each other, pushing each other because both of them, as soon as they get comfortable, are hopeless. Mm. So really, come on, Billy, put some pressure on Tom, and we might get something. Uh, what about McCartan? He played well. Yeah, he was actually good. He, he bit of the yips early on. Yeah, but he he presented up hard, and he actually became. Phil Davis is a, a, an experienced player, and Davis mm. played on him, and he became a handful for Davis, and that's a step forward. That was good. So where we, we, but Membry <coughs> didn't do anything which was disappointing. Where do we think the Saints are then? Oh, that's roughly where they are. They, their efforts, effort against Adelaide and Geelong was good. Mm. So if good teams don't come with the right mindset, it's dangerous. Yeah. But if they're, if they're calm and they get through their work by dint of St Kilda's poor disposal and lack of overall skill, they'll beat them. And we, we, I think we both sort of feel the same way about the Giants, that they, they almost need to be extended to, to bring out the best in them. And when it looks like they're not going to be, they can tend to become... I wouldn't say lazy. It's more like they... It does look like they get bored and they have to try and well, invent you know, goals out of nothing, you know, rather than play the percentage game. This was a game that they... I've seen them play games where they win by 100 points. I saw them beat Richmond by 100 points two years ago. Yeah. Gold Coast last year. This was a game where they had an appetite for all having a, a great day out. Yeah. And when that wasn't on the menu... Yeah. Look, if this game was played up... You at, know what they need? An appetite for destruction. Yeah, well, they didn't gun. But, or, or, or rise. Or rise. They, they, they never rose. Can now, I get on with it? Just very quickly. I, you know, that game could have been played in Canberra or West Sydney and they would have won by 100 points because away from home, St Kilda just might not have had that intensity... And the and the back of the you know would have been broken. All right, but I you know GWS, that's how you that's why you're not a finals winning team. All right, our third feature game and another significant result: Port Adelaide Geelong, great win for the Cats, 12-12-84, beating the Power seven eight fifty. We'll we'll get to the Power, but let's talk about the Cats because I think we're we're both of that view that they're they're pretty good, but not quite good enough to win a flag, but. You've got to give them points for resilience. And I thought what was most impressive about them in this win wasn't... Selwyn Dangerfield were arguably their two best players, but, gee, there were some important contributions, particularly in their defence, where I thought Stewart was fantastic um, for them. I thought Buse was really good. Uh, a fantastic intercept. A goalkeeper-like sa- save of a goal at a, a pretty important moment. Um, Blitzarves was good in a key defensive post. Their defence doesn't get a lot of kudos, and it's been under the hammer without Taylor or Henderson as part of the mix. So, hang on. I, think, I thought they Henderson, were great. Taylor and Henderson are experienced hands, but they're not quick. No. If they're both fit, <clears throat> do they both play? Yeah, they have to. Really? Yeah. Okay. You can't leave one of them out. I mean... I've seen their defence two weeks in a row without yeah. being very good. It, I can't think of a coach or a club anywhere, any time, that would leave two guys who are clearly in their best... 10 players out of the mix. Oh, things hit Henderson. Oh, look, they both can be in their best. I'm just saying together. That, you know what? This sometimes the end comes very quickly for some footballers. It does. If both of those players, and they're both there for extended periods, yeah. come back and are off the pace, they won't play. He, he will not play them both no, or he shouldn't. By the same token, you don't want to sort of outsmart yourself and try and predict their demise if they're still playing reasonable no, footy. No, fair point. Anyway, I thought, I thought the defence was really good for them. They've had other pluses too. You know, Fogarty's come in and looked comfortable. Um, Radagalia, as, as, how competitive is and he? Kelly. 
Radigali is 19 years old. Yeah, I know. He looks about 25, doesn't he? But he, he could be the prototype of the modern ruck forward because he, he's very athletic, yeah, isn't he? beautiful kick. That's what Something I can't kick. stand. You know, at my club, <laughs> you just never get it all together. Yeah. So you get a tall athletic kid. Well, they can't kick. He kicks sweetly. Yeah, no, he's a beautiful kick. Yeah, he, and, and he does a lot of running. Yeah. And then kicks goals. He's good. The other one too, and we will talk about him in more detail, Hall and Smith, you know, guys been on the periphery, came in as a late replacement. That's the other thing. They lose Hawkins five minutes before the bounce. Again, is that a bad thing? Um, yeah. Oh, well, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But they had a great win with Well, next you're going to say Dangerfield and Selwood no. are the surplus to require. No, Dangerfield, Selwood <coughs> and Ablett are all great to have. But Hawkins has had a lot of detractors in recent years because there's a lot of ball that goes through him yeah. that doesn't end up in goals. He still takes a very good defender. Of course he does. I mean, you play a big tall forward, he'll take a good defender. You know, you, you don't play him, somebody will take their best defender. Their best defender's not going to go home. All right, well, we'll slip you into a Geelong match committee meeting when they're all fit and available, and you're going to say, no, no Ablett, no Henderson, no Taylor, oh, no I'll, Hang on, I'll slip you in, and you can throw in Stoneham and Spinks. <laughs> Brett Spinks. What about Mike Woolno? All right, no, now, I'm talking about the tall. Now mate. we're just being silly. Uh, what about Port? That was not good. That, this was a big game. Everybody knew it was a well, big game. Well, after last week, yeah. Everybody knew it was a big game. It had finals feel about it. It was, all right, we'll bounce back. We're, you know, mm. we're here to, yeah, they never stop, stop, stop till they're top, 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 but they stopped. Well, what, what actually went wrong, though? Uh, you know, it's funny. That, that clash of heads. Now, the fact that it was sort of symbolic to me. Which one? Go. Hartlett and Dangerfield. Dangerfield. Yeah. Now, this is no slow on Hamish Hartlett. This was mm. a, a ferocious attack. But the fero- th- this was a, quite a physical game of football. Yeah, it was. And Geelong just had a clear intent to be harder, longer. Mm. Now, that's really, I think, how the game was decided. Mm. Who goes harder, longer? Now, this was not the fault of Hamish Hartlett. Maybe there was some luck in it for Dangerfield. But you looked at that and thought they're both in big trouble, mm. and Dangerfield just shakes, up. Yeah. shakes it off. Okay, that's not that's symbolic more than. But as Hartlett a game, did lose about two points of blood. No, I'm saying clash, I'm, I'm saying it's not his fault. I'm just yeah. saying that as the <clears> game rolls on, Geelong keep going hard. Yeah, and all of a sudden Port can't match their hardness at the contest, and that's where the game is lost. For so, do we very quickly do we think Port? Can I mean, look, Port had a great win earlier against Sydney up at the SCG. I mean, so it's not like they're not capable of a really hard-fought, gritty win. Um, I, I'm sticking with them. I'm not jumping off them yet. Do we think Geelong are capable of beating any team in the competition? No. Right. No, so they're so they deficient beat? against Richmond. Yeah, OK. Well, I mean, at, the, at the moment, so is everyone. Yeah, but I'm saying at the MCG, because they still have pace issues when you have all your favourites back in the team, Yeah. that's why maybe they need, you know, they were hoping Cockatoo would be the pace <clears> and they've lost Motlop. But now just go this other route, you know, bring yeah. in some younger players. and. Well, Parfit's part of that. He's good. Kelly's good. Yeah. The Just on Port, look, a lot was made and people were very bullish about them because of three recruits they'd picked up from other clubs. Yeah. Now those players were at their club because they had major deficiencies at their original clubs. Rockcliffe, Watts and Motlop. Mm. Are you seeing some signs of concern with those players? Because I am. Yeah, yeah, but we're five games in. Oh, they'll have their good days yeah. and good nights. Yeah. But 
they left their clubs because their bad outweighed their good. Yes, no, you make a very salient point, Mr Fine. Thank you. All right, they're our feature games. Uh, we're not ignoring the others, of course. No In way. fact, I thought a pretty, um, almost a win-win game, funnily enough. Carlton Spoils will hate hearing that. But uh, West Coast... Getting up the MCG by 10 points, so they did overcome a bit of a bogey in that. Gee, they the, struggle there, the, don't they? Well, they do. They do, and they struggled again. But from that point of view, I thought it was a reasonable win. Yeah. And the Blues were really good. And, uh, hey, guess what? Harry Mackay can play. They put him in. He kicked four, four goals. goals. That so was reckon, great. reckon he might hold his place. And Cripps was brilliant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, good. he's good. Yeah, no, he's an absolute... Monty yeah. for the three Brownlow votes in that game. He's good. But, you know, look, credit to the Blues for really responding. And they, they had to find something. I said this on SN during the week. You know, I don't care if Murphy and Cruiser aren't there. I don't care if they don't win. But they need to not get blown away like North Melbourne did. And they, they were terrific. They got comfortably beaten by 10 points. <laughs> they were. I mean, you know, sort of West Coast had them at four goals. They've lost by 10 behinds, actually. Yeah. They... Again, Carlton supporters... West Coast are a pretty reasonable side this year. You know what? I, I, I just have this feeling that the football world is um, treating Carlton, the Carlton team, like a, a special needs student. <laughs> I really do. Oh, that was great by Carlton. It was so well done. Now... Well, hang on. Yeah, hang on. They were coming, Georgia, they were coming off an 86-point building against North. Yeah, they'll have... G- that, give it some context. Yeah, but they are. They were Norton 4. Yeah. And they were playing in a game. You know what I felt with their team? There was a real imbalance between good players and... Duds. And, and, and <laughs> there, were, there were doers and there were guys on the periphery yeah. hoping to help out. You know... And we're going to be tough. Daisy Thomas doesn't need to fly for Mark of the Year at the age of 35. All right. No, fair enough. I'll put it this way. If I they, mean, he can if he takes it, but he, there's other things you can if do. If they play at that level, Fanny, they will win some games. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm saying they're true. Just very quickly, and this is worth mentioning. You do this with every game. Well, why not? Well, because but, we're running over time. This is a good. This is important. Make it very quick. Well, did they not start the year with everybody very pleased with them and win-win against Richmond? Uh, yep. Okay, in that game... Been shocking since then until... They were shocking Saturday. that night. Yeah. No. Look, they weren't shocking, but they were comfortably beaten. Yeah. That night, Richmond had, like, again, 10 more scoring shots. They had 71 inside 50s. Yeah, 71 inside 50s, and Carlton got four goals from a rule that got changed over the night, you know. They got four goals from that 50-metre yeah, yeah. penalty rubbish. Yeah. And they start thinking, yeah, we're, we're right. We're uh, here. Yeah. Oh, they... they anyhow. All right, let's get on with it. Um, okay, here was a bit of an obliteration over at Optus Stadium. Fremantle 16-12-108, Western Bulldogs 8-6-54. And uh, the smashing was on from the start, four goals to one in the first quarter in some difficult conditions. But uh, Michael Walters, what a superstar he is. And the Doggies, geez, after two weeks of great effort, where did it go for Oh, well, it went with selection. He's got to drop bigs. He's got to make all these moves. He's got to completely change the forward line. You're really line. down on Luke Well, I don't, I don't know how he thinks. So he goes, he goes with the tall Boyd up in the forward line. So for two weeks, we're playing small ball up in the forward line and getting a real result. But now, now we're going to play marking forwards. Mm-hmm. Clever. Not. Really. Stupid. So where are they at, though? I mean, that, that wasn't just a... I mean, the margin's, what, 54 points. Yeah. That's not just a defeat due to uh, personnel. That's, that's as much about attitude, surely. Yeah. 
and their attitude have been terrific for the last two weeks. I'm assuming that all clubs do, and they do, intel on the opposition mm. and look to negate match winners. Yeah. It's pretty easy with Freo. It's not exactly rocket science. No. The amount of effort, or I don't know what pre-match work they put into Fife, the amount of effort put into Fife during the game was... Well, what did he end up with, 43 or something? Yeah. Except he put the, took the foot off the pedal in the last half. I mean, yeah. it was extraordinary. Nat Fife, somebody, anybody? Well, I've got to say, Dockers have really, really surprised me. I, I actually thought they'd go further back. I wasn't Not me. I was a I'm, you know, big rep for these young players. I'll talk about them later. I wasn't convinced. <laughs> no, I, I knew they were. I wasn't convinced about the quality of the rebuild. But, um, but perhaps, you know... Perhaps the biggest plus has been a Ross Lyon more prepared to um, throw those guys into the mix and actually back them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look. <laughs> Grudging St Kilda supporter. No, no. I was going to say the opposite. I was going to say his hands were tied at St Kilda, you know, going, striving for a flag. Nobody let him make any changes. I think he's a great coach. And he's adjusted well to being a coach for a team in preparation for a later crack at the finals. I, yeah. think, I like him. No, they're, Love looking, him. they're looking good. Okay. Today at Etihad Stadium, massive result, this massive turn-up. Uh, North Melbourne, 28-point victors over the Hawks. Worth 57 up at half-time before the Hawks came flying out of the blocks in the second half. Gave them a decent old scare, but um, terrific. Brown four, weight three, five, and probably should have... A couple of them were actually gimmies. He should have had six, probably. He was marking them well, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, no. When he's when he's up, he's up. He's like the mm. girl with the little curl. But Yes, he is. Um, How about North's new method of kicking goals? Which is? Kicking the ball, passing into the forward line, mm. and missing the target, and having somebody over the back chest mark. <laughs> that happened three times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been good, though, haven't they? Look, my thing about North at the start of the year was they've got a, a clutch of younger guys who've been in the system for two or three years, have played not many games, but enough to get a taste of it. And I, I thought they all looked OK. And yep. they're, they're maturing by the week. And you throw that in with the good players they already have. And one thing about their midfield, OK, it's not dashing, but it's solid. You know, Zeeble, Cunnington... Higgins. Cunnington's an old-fashioned... Yeah, yeah. An old-fashioned reader of the game. And he's very Quick consistent. Hands. Very, very consistent. good. Very good. And Hartung... Um, you he know, he stunk it up in the last quarter. Hartung? Yeah. He, he was pretty yeah. good before that. Yeah, he was okay. He was yeah. okay. But he stunk it up. He, I think you know, he's been important for him. Yeah, Jed Anderson went missing. But I'll tell you what, too. Just I'm always... I feel like I'm always pumping North up because no one else does. Yeah. But Tarrant and Thompson... Oh, that was where they won the game. Yeah. Nice was, control. They were really good. Very underrated. They were very good. Still. Their forward line, quite dangerous. Um, young Kane Turner. Yep. He made a blue in the last quarter that you thought could have cost them the game, but yeah. he bounced. He no, was they, very they, good. They Kane steady. Turner was very good. Just uh, quickly, now, one, uh, we haven't got time to talk about it at length, but one common denominator this season, I reckon, is if you lose decent players to injury, where they play can be really pivotal to what happens yeah. in the game. So no Rioli, no Puopolo. No Burgoyne. I, I looked up the numbers. Hawthorne's efficiency inside 50 today was 31%. Yeah. Mark's inside 50, 9 versus North Melbourne, 16. Those two guys, now Burgoyne's back next week, but those two guys are going to be massive losses for okay. Well, that is spot on because in the last quarter, right, so they make up more than half the ground in the third quarter. Yeah. And for the first half of the last quarter... Yeah, they're out of gas. But for the first half of the last quarter, they 
play the game in their front half. North mm. cannot. North are staring down at a an avalanche. Yeah. But there's no Couldn't one. At the, there's no one at the drop of the ball. Yeah. Magic door controls the air quite well. Yeah. And the ground ball is 50-50, and North start winning it end game. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah, yeah, no. So well done, North, and yeah, Hawks uh, injuries might knock them around a bit. Okay, uh, no, the round didn't wrap up because we've still got two games to go. But the first part of the round wrapped up with the Q Clash, the much awaited Q Clash finally. And what a thrill well, that turned that out name. to be! Oh, come on, quick! We've got a minute and a half to talk about. This I, I just hate that you know it's like Q schools, qualifying school. I, I kept thinking of cotton buds or something. They're Q tips, yeah. don't they? Anyway, it was a thriller. Gold Coast led from start to finish, but boy, how hard were Brisbane coming at the end? Yeah, Brisbane. Well, if only they had a forward, they would have won if they had just a a, a reliable marking forward. Good signs for them. Um, uh Yeah, Rayner, of course. Whether if you didn't say it, Rayner, a shot. Literally on the siren to tie the scores went wide. It was tough. It was a fair way out, but good signs uh, by McLuggage. Pretty solid for him. Cutler not bad. Beams well. Beams is Beams. What a great player he is. With it and but pretty he's been good. struggling this year. So good to see him get more of it. Uh, Gold Coast. Um, that was important for them after getting blown away uh, the previous week. And um, Fiorini. I, I saw Fiorini during the um, what's it called the pre- JLT. Yeah. And thought, gee, this guy looks like he's come on a bit, and he's, he's underlining that he, he was terrific today. Uh, so where where do we think those two sides are at? I mean, right now, Gold Coast look a far more not far more, but they look a more accomplished outfit than the Lions. Yeah, and Gold Coast were around this mark last year. That they haven't had any big scalps, but I really like the way Stewie Jew uh, dropped. Aaron Hall. Hall had 20 on Texas last week. <clears throat> yeah. But obviously not meeting the requirements. and The defensive side of his game leaves something to be desired, I think, is the recurring theme up I, there. When you find that side of his game, you can analyse <laughs> it. But even within his attacking framework, he was obviously not simply going to get away with the touches. I... You know what I like most about them? If I was a Gold Coast supporter, what? Lynch looks really engaged. He doesn't look like somebody who's thinking what about the playing footy. Well, what about that effort of him right at the finish too? He got the Power ball down defence, just ran, ran, ran he was to always get on the miss. end of a pass. Well, no, he wasn't always going to miss it, but he ran yeah. so hard. Yeah, no, great It was effort. great. Yeah, great good, good news for, and good news for them. Uh, well, they're three too. You know, I mean, they were my tip for wooden spooners, so how was my way to go? I well, imagine house, households in Logan tonight, arguments <laughs> brewing. Uh, Brisbane and Gold Coast, of That's course. a halfway point, isn't it? Yeah. It's what a... about Labrador? How do you think they're going in Labrador? It's a suburb of the Gold Coast, isn't it? Well, isn't it called Golden Retriever? <laughs> Not very good. Uh, That'll be better okay. for the Gold Coast. All right, that is the first seven games of round five. We'll get to the two still to be played a little bit later on. Time now, though, for our next segment, Finey. And you know what that is. It is hot or not. Rightio, you all know how it works. Three likes or dislikes from the round of football. Of course, two games still to come, but we've got enough from the seven games thus far. I'm going to kick us off, finally, with a hot, and his name is Paul Seedsman. I really like this guy. Of course, famously won the Anzac Medal for Collingwood. Didn't do a lot after that. Um, I was a bit uh, unsure about why they were so ready to let him go. I think he wanted to go back to Adelaide, but... 
Uh, the Crows have benefited from it. I think he's a, a really good hand for them. Um, he was terrific in the game against the Swans, 26 possessions. What really stood out, though, was the amount of hardball he won. I think he was second or, or might have even led um, the Crows for contested ball. He was hard at it. Uh, I think he's a reasonable user of the ball. Um, he runs. You know, you can't ask for a lot more in a midfielder. And at the moment, well, on Friday particularly, with the two crouches out, Sloan out, um, the B team had to step up. And uh, I'm not sure actually he is part of the B team anymore because I think he's becoming quite important to them. So um, well done, Paul Seedsman. Yeah, I think he's kicking. His disposal was considered to be almost his one-trick pony, you know, when he went to Adelaide, Collingwood supporters didn't bemoan his departure because they felt that they lost a player who could use it but was a bit fragile with it. Well, maybe waiting in the wings and an injury and realising that um, there's no room really in the modern game, with due respect for Aloney, then, and I'm not talking about Jack Aloney, I'm talking about Ryan or Nathan, it's the sort of quarterback, he's recrafted himself. Good observation. Mm, okay. Um, you're up. Not hot. Well, I guess it is a not hot. And that is five rounds in. We've still got two games to go in round five. I think we're almost exactly where we were at the end of last season and looking to not have a lot of change in the hierarchy. I, th I really believe Richmond's the team to beat. Yeah. Adelaide, that was a great win on the weekend. I think that marks them as major opposition. Sydney remains stubborn, mm. as they always have been. Port Adelaide... I think a little disappointing up at the top end. Geelong are good, but a, are they a, quite good a enough? Step, a step, and isn't that how we ended up last season? What about Port, GWS? Very similar. Mm. Ve oh, that game against St Kilda was almost the same as the loss they had last year. So give them the freedom of movement and expression, they'll beat you and beat you comfortably. But there is a chink in their armour that looks very susceptible at finals. Which is funny because I was just starting to come to the view that they had um, sort of put or got that uh, element of grittiness into the way they played. You know, the win over Fremantle was reasonably unspectacular. They grounded out. And the game against the Saints was exactly the sort of game where that should have been on show and instead lucky to emerge with a draw. So, it, and it, you're right, it seems like every time you form a view about a team, something happens which stuffs up your theory. With GWS, look, they had players out, Kelly, Scully, Haynes Gennett, Singed. If they have all their players fit at the right time and others don't, they could, by dint of numbers, make a grand final and even win one. But I still think we're very similar to how we uh, started the competition at the top end last season. Do you feel that the bottom end's uh, similar? Well, St Gilda's now <laughs> entered into that <laughs> fray. But, um, yeah, there is, a, there is a, a touch of similarity. Look, there's good news stories. Frio, North and West Coast are encouraging. Yeah. But I don't think they're serious players at the top end. Rightio, uh, not for me. And um, quite unbelievable that this guy's a not. We've got so used to him being so consistent. So he's a victim of his own standards, if you like. But my not is Josh Kennedy of Sydney fame, who... He's probably had two of the quietest games he's ever had for the Swans in the last two weeks. Only 16 disposals against the Western Bulldogs the week before. Very well held. And even less effective against the Crows, 13 disposals. I mean, that is... Uh, it's not rarefied air. What's the opposite of rarefied air? It's, um... it's no oxygen or something. Anyway, <laughs> What's yeah. the opposite of rarefied oh, air? I don't know. You, 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 get, you get where I'm going with it. 
Um, very, very well uh, tagged out of it by Cam Ellis-Yolman. Hats off to him too. Uh, and the Crows might have got onto something there. I reckon now Cam Ellis-Yolman, very strong body mid. Um, you know, this look, I'm not saying this hasn't happened already, but I, I think teams might sort of go looking for a particularly strong physical presence on Kennedy. Um, and provided they've got the requisite endurance and athleticism, they might get a job. And John Longmire was specifically asked about him. He said, no, he's not injured. He's just, he's, he's been down. So, look, he's a champion and champions always bounce back and I'm sure he will too. But in all the time he's been at Sydney, I'd suggest it'd be seven, eight years at least since he's had as quiet a two games back-to-back as these two. Now, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he was pretty modest at the start of last season in Sydney's slow beginning. Yeah. Not as poor numbers as this, but I've had a sense for three years now that Josh Kennedy paces himself during the season. Mm. He finishes... His last three or four games are incredibly powerful. And I think he, he, more than any other player, knowing that or believing Sydney will be playing finals, knows how to pace himself. Yeah, no, it's a fair call. And, and I know the opposite of rarefied air too. What is it? It's the smoking section at Singapore Airport. Oh, yeah. Oh, Dempasa. All of them. Yeah, I actually thought I died when I entered that for a quick, uh, a quick puff. All right, you're up. Uh, another knot, and it's another observation of the game. You know, we've had very few teams being able to turn around deficits this season. Mm. As little as three or four goals, teams are being held at bay. Now, that could be a positive, of course, if you're talking about the team that's winning. But for me, the negative is the lack of the coach's box being able to change things in football nowadays because they can't. Because rotations are so preset and organised that it becomes very difficult to change them during a game. You can probably swap tools from one end to the other. People ask why Sicily maybe didn't go down forward in the last quarter against North Melbourne. But as far as real meaningful changes, you know, get some other players on the ball, put... Uh, Dangerfield to fall forward. It took him getting injured last year for that to happen because these rotations are so set. So when the die is cast, it really is about players, you know, meeting the KPIs and turning it around during a game. There's very little, there's very little, in, and it's a pity because what used to be intriguing moves within a match. I just played devil's advocate. The Hawks were down 57 points against the Rose, got back within... 20? Uh, yeah, 19 or 20. So yeah, North Melbourne did lose two players yeah. at the very same time. <clears throat> mm. And you know what? At that point, it was like 34 down. Yeah. And North, North had sort of held ground. You know, they'd, got a f- they'd, they'd regained some footing in the game, but they mm. were so tired by the end of the third quarter... Because Hawthorne just ran them ragged, except you know what Hawthorne also did? Right. Ran themselves ragged, even with four rotations. They, you know, just quickly, um, it's funny, I'm sure I read either last year or the season before a piece about we're getting more comebacks than we ever have before. But, you know, I, I, observationally, well, just I think this, what you're saying is right. Look, it may be just a point in time, yeah. but no matter what, even if there are comebacks, there's no longer that... Fans, older fans should not be asking to swing, swing changes, because they just don't do it or can't do it anymore. Yep, yep, no, good good call. Uh, I'm finishing with a hot, and he should be a character in um, Faulty Towers, or he should, should have been an English World War II fighter pilot, but George Holland smith Finey, love the name, and I loved his game on Saturday night. He was terrific, late inclusion for Tom Hawkins, so 
wasn't like he had a heap of time to prepare himself psychologically, but I thought he was great for the Cats. 26 disposals, couple of goals, um, really weighed in when they needed him to. They'd lost Scott Selwood to concussion uh, before half time, so he's had a couple of games like this and never quite backed them up. So I really hope for his sake he can because he's been around that club. He was sort of destined to become one of the, you know, win the uh, Best Clubman Award, wasn't he? You know, one of those guys yeah. who's not, not quite good enough, but he's a great, great person and everyone loves him. But So I really hope this is the one that um, sort of sets him on a more consistent path because the boy can play. Look, uh, if there was a criticism of him that was valid is that he maybe didn't work for 100 minutes in a game of football, that there were nice parts of his game, mm. but he wasn't a hard worker for the whole game. Yeah. So it's good to see Hall and Smith Hall and us. And AFL needs more Georges too, I think. Yeah, after Burberry went by the way. Correct. So Another Geelong player. All right, you finish us off. Okay. I can barely do this because I really don't know their names. Fremantle, this is a hot, have unearthed players from nowhere. Now, Adam Serra, I think, has really impressed. Very high draft choice. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But up, up his step straight away. Mm-hmm. Have they got a player called Mitch Crowden, or did I dream that? Uh, no, you haven't. He's a very sort of chunky-looking yeah. midfielder. Yeah, good value. Out of the waffle. There are other players. I can't. I don't even know their names. I really don't. Well, I'm, how are we going to talk about them? Because they played and played well against the Bulldogs. <laughs> what uh, were their numbers? Yeah, they were high numbers. It was a forty-something. And but they, these are guys really that I'd never seen before, um, and didn't expect them to play a lot of football this year. They. You couldn't even yell out their numbers, could you? Because they only do that when it's an opposition side and they're playing terribly. You're a hack number 34. <laughs> so, look, I mean, they've. what I'm trying to say is, and there's guys like Ryan, a really good defender, yep. that has stepped into the breach. When it looked as though Ross Lyon was forced with the rebuild, which he was, I think there was great concern that a lot of their players who'd been around for a few years simply weren't up to it. Mm. And... Really, apart from Tabiner, a few of them have not been up to it. So they've sort of missed a generation or, you know, some four or five year investments and gone straight to some babies. But it's working. I really like the injection. It's almost Richmond-like, the injection of unknown new talent into that team having an immediate effect. Maybe we can run a competition asking people to actually name the players you're talking about. Yeah. Well, I've named a couple. Are there others? There was. I'll find them out. But really, and, and I'm not apologising for it. I'll learn them during the week, but I've never seen them before. I will cop it for this. The Fremantle supporters are very anti oh, no. about no. everything. Oh, well, hang on. They've really snuck up on... Oh, well, I had them 17th on the ladder, so yeah. I'm already copying it. Yeah. Do you know uh, some we of We doubt other... to find out their names. Do you know some of their other points? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. I tell you, just not off the top of my head when I'm caught unprepared. Well, I'm saying that's what they are, and yeah. I've never been like that with football before. All right, all right. Very, uh, some very sort of big picture philosophical hots or nots from you, and some very run of the mill hots or nots. Hots, hots. It's been a long week. Um, let's get on with the show. It's time for. I better work myself up into a lather here. I'm sort of victim of fatigue, but I'm going to get angry. I'm going to get angry, angry, and angrier. Fine. Are you angry? No, no, I'm happy. Okay. Well, can you be happy, animated? Because very much so. Because. Because, Mark, it's time for... Rant Off!
Rightio, just before we get into it, um, you've done some good investigative journalism during the break. I think you went down to the titles office, didn't you? And you found out these mystery Fremantle players. Yeah, I got I got the uh, information made public at sort of statutes of limitations. After 20 <laughs> years, we can find out, and we have. That, so who are you talking about? Okay, so we've already unearthed Andrew Brayshaw. Oh, highly Angus. raised draft choice. Well, I'm saying, but there's also an Angus Brayshaw, Adam Serra, and yeah. Mitch Crowden. Yeah, he's the chunky guy. Okay, do you know much about Taylor Duman? Uh, it's a nice name. I like it. Taylor Duman the human. <laughs> was he good? Oh, so that was, yeah, yeah, he was good. Yeah, okay, okay. And Bailey Banfield? Well, he has been good. I have noticed Is Bailey Banfield Bailey? part of an Essendon team from back in the no, day? No, he's not Peter Banfield's grandson. Oh, Peter Banfield's senior grandson. And Bailey grandson. you had as well. Uh, Dean Bailey? Yes. Yeah, so yes, okay. Bailey to Banfield. <laughs> Is Bailey Banfield? <laughs> Very good. Very good. I'm glad we did that. Um, time now for the Randolph finding. I'm going to go first as per usual. And uh, I've got a good one. I've been steering on this for a while. It's a bit deep and meaningful. But the more I see, the more my suspicions are confirmed and the angrier I get. So I'm going to have a little tee off about it now. If you'll do me the pleasure of counting me in. You are wild. I'm scared. <clears throat> Three, two, one. I'm pissed off about the evenness of the competition, Finey. Yeah, you heard me. Hang on. That's supposed to be a good thing, isn't it? Well, it's not. This isn't about a lot of good teams. It's more about some being less shit house than others. Take the weekend, for example. First could only manage a draw with 16th. Second beats 18th by just 10 points. And fourth gets beaten by a team everyone was tipping for the wooden spoon. What about Richmond, I hear you ask? Yeah, OK, the Tigers look pretty good for now. But even they got stitched up by a team which in turn was last week stitched up by a side which was supposedly in crisis only a couple of weeks ago. Confused? Well, the team sure are. One week they're playing champagne football. The next it's not Dom Perignon, but a substance more resembling the leftover Bundy and Cokes at the Village Green Hotel about 2am on a Saturday night. And that's after people have butted out their smokes in it. Is anyone actually any good anymore? Well, call me a dinosaur, but I reckon those Hawthorne sides of the late 80s would have all these mobs for breakfast. Still. Jason Dunstall still knows how to play full forward better than anyone around these days. Dermy would still strike fear into the hearts of the opposition, given all that work he's had done. Dipper's Moe still comes up a treat, and Michael Tuck's about 103, but I reckon he'd still run rings around today's on ballers. We've evened up the competition all right, but we've taken it all away from the top end, and in order to do so, have spawned more mediocrity than a cold-played box set. I don't want an AFL competition as radio-friendly middle-of-the-road rock. I want shredding guitar solos, vocals screaming loud enough to wake the hounds of hell, and my eardrums bleeding from the head-banging excellence of it all. What was that you said? Sorry, I can't hear you. Anti-Coldplay. Oh, boring, boring, boring. I never liked them, but... That song, The Scientist, had some meaningful. It was a toss-up like between Coldplay box set or anything Radiohead did after yeah, OK well, Computer. Okay. It sucks. <clears throat> yeah, look, there's plenty you could point. I like music at. as a metaphor for football. Okay, I'm big on metaphors. All right. So you want, so you want more Ramstein, more Rage Against the Machine, more, mm. more angry rock. Okay. All right, let's go. I'm going to count oh, you in. You got? Have you heard of Cockney Thug? You no. like? Yeah, okay. Good. Yeah, very good. Look it up. Look it up. Three, two, one, rant. Vanilla, can I have my life vanilla? Because I certainly am getting my football vanilla. Look, I understand in these days the political correctness gone absolutely mad that we are 
restrained, constricted. And apparently that also stretches to commentary and uh, anybody giving a footballer in the AFL a nickname. Scared to offend, worry about lawsuits, or maybe 20 years down the track having subjected some poor soul to a mental beating that he will later take you to court over. Because there are no nicknames left in the game. Now, for those of you not old enough to remember, and those of you old enough to remember, I think will enjoy this, remember the good old days? I rarely read, but tonight I do. Football was like a menagerie. There were a couple of great rats, Buse and, well, Platten, and Ratten, that's three rats, a mouse called Matthew Phoebe, a couple of spiders, Everett and Burton, a snake called Baker that only came out in September. There was Bull Richardson, Tiger Brent Croswell, Cat Colling, Rhino Russell Richards, Monkey Monkhurst, and Horse Longmire. And that's because he ate a lot, not because he had a lot. Underwater, we had the fish, the eel, the whale, even a trout. And the greats were not immune. Wayne Carey was just a duck. Brownlow medalist Wilfred Smallhorn was a chicken. And we had a little bloke called Bahaja, who of course became a budgie. There were other descriptions of players, nicknames, that described how they played the game. And some of them were rather ominous. How about these? Jack Basher Williams. I like it. Knuckles Curly. Lethal Lee. Captain Bloodjack Dyer. Mad Dog Robbie Muir. And Rugged Ronnie Andrews. But maybe the scariest of the lot was just a Hawthorne hard man called Delicate Des Dixon. Because he was anything but. Redheads were bluey. If you were tall, you were a lurch or a tiny. And the galloping gasometer needed no explanation at all. Doormats and Dutchmen were flying. We had Cowboy Kev, Sticks and Plugger, and you didn't need to know their surnames because we knew them by their nicknames. Colourful personalities had colourful names. Uh, today, what have we got? Maybe Big Boy McAvoy, maybe the Package Stringer. That's about it. Of course, there's the normal contraction or extending a name in the Australian manner. So our stars are nothing more than dusty, danger. I mean, really, big deal. What a way to turn a colourful sport into something boring. Except on the weekend, when the Bulldogs, who were unfortunately lamentable against the Dockers, had a piece of play where young Lipinski got the ball to Suckling, who then kicked it to Dixon, who missed his shot at goal. And there I was, listening to a doggies fan at the pub say, Lips! Sucker! Dicko! That's all we've got in football. That's all we've got. This has been Finey. Yeah, that's not much of a nickname either. <laughs> That's very good. No, very good. Hats off to that. I liked it. Good old it. lips. I liked it. I want to go back to the Collingwood list of about 2010. Gold sack, side bottom, Cox, yeah. Oh, there's Dick so and much ball. you can do. But, <laughs> but with all names and all players and all deformities. Yeah. Well, now, see, can you believe Caleb Daniel doesn't have a nickname? He's the shortest player in the comp. His surname. <laughs> They had Shorty Daniels. Yeah, they Alan, did. Alan, Alan Daniels. Daniels. You know what it's all about now, though? It's all about over-enunciation. Lloyd! Yeah, I mean, Oratio! Yeah, I mean, Sarah. It's apparently really funny. Sarah? Isn't there something we could do for... Feeny? Tonin? I went the player, you went the... Um, what is serotonin again? The upside from taking drugs. Oh, that's right. And the downside. All right, very good. Um, now, we're not quite finished because, of course, we're only seven games into this yeah, marathon right. round five. The massive 
Anzac Day Eve clash between Melbourne and Richmond and the even massiver um, Anzac Day clash between Collingwood and Essendon. Let's do a very, very quick preview. Demons-Tigers, how do you see it? Look, it should be a good game. Tigers, to me, have ownership over most teams. So I'm, I'm tipping Richmond. And Melbourne, of course, were really disappointing last week. But in this fluctuating season, I could see Melbourne bouncing back against most teams. One thing Richmond have been very good at, even before the grand final and the finals, they, they didn't seem to be overawed in big games recently. That's sort of... Um, Quite the contrary. Dream time at the G. And <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. think I think the main stage is where certainly Dusty <laughs> belongs. I think there's more riding on it for the Demons. They have to jag one of these big occasion games, don't they? Yeah, this won't be the one. After, no, well, Richmond have won, what, 110 out of their last 112 at the G or something like that. It feels like that. Anyway, very good. They play and, well. And also, last week they got Caddy and Prestia together for the first time in the team this year. Yeah. That's important. The, the band's getting back together and it plays a good tune. It does. No, Tigers for me as yep. well. Okay, Anzac Day, the big one. Uh, 20, how many of these have we had? 23. Yeah. The, I love it. The it's it's current, the best day of the year. The current score, Collingwood 13, Essendon 9, one draw, of course, memorably the first one. Bombers won last year. Best day of Really? The year. Even as a supporter of a club that hates both those clubs? No, no, I don't go to the game. It's the only day of the year I can leave my car unlocked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All under 1,000 of you in the one spot. I can oh. park. I can park. Basically, I can live like, you know. I think most Essendon fans are too young to drive, aren't they? You might be talking about the Collingwood ones. Well, between the pair of you, I'm, still, I'm happier that you're locked away at the G rather than out and about. But it's, it's, uh, it's an appetising contest, this no, one. Strictly as yeah. a contest. They're good two game. sides that probably had the best performances of their respective years last weekend. So um, who wins? All right. Yeah, do they still do those announcements at the G when there's a lost child? Yeah. Why? Because I'm on an announcement. What? Will somebody please claim, or has anybody seen a Danaher, a, I mean, he's got to stand up. Yeah, if he yeah. stands up. He did win the medal last year. I'm saying, saying, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. This year has not been. No, no. He's he's been, I think the second half last week he okay. started to turn. Well, I'm corner. saying, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I see signs. He's, he's almost my favourite player, Big Joe. Yeah. So, you know. Well, if we're going if, to... I think he arrives and they win. I really do. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll tell you someone else who has to stand up. Big Tom Bell Chambers. Because Brody Grundy is not yeah. only the best ruckman in the comp at the moment, he's close to the best player in the comp. 33 disposals last week. An army of prolific possession winners at his feet. If Bell Chambers can't break even, Essen are in big trouble. Having said that, I think he might rise to the challenge. Like Paddy Ryder that day? Ah, uh, correct. After David Hill went down, I voted on that medal too. You know the only person. The you know the only person in Australia who didn't give him three votes that day. I do know that is your lord and your lord and uh, master, Jared Waitley. My SCN colleague, Jared Waitley, <laughs> who uh, he got a bit of a battering about it and took it with good humour. Actually, a little story. I might as well tell everyone that game when Collingwood was still fourteen points up. I had Swan three, Ryder two. I think I had Pendlebury one. Yeah. I said half-jokingly to Patrick Keane from the AFL, if Essendon get up, knowing they wouldn't, switch Swan and Ryder around. They got up, he switched yeah. them around, Ryder one by one vote from Swan. Yeah. So, Dane, if you're watching this, my sincere apologies. I know we did, we did it on the podcast, but um, we I asked you three names for you that are synonymous with Anzac Day. I know, and I've changed my answer since then. Okay. Uh, Heard, 
Yep. Zaharakis. Ah, you threw in Zaharakis. <laughs> and McGough. Now you say it's not as good anymore. Cause you... But I'd said McGough originally. I know, well, I had McGough <laughs> and Zaharakis. Now we've got two the same. And Sav Rocket. Oh, of course. The draw, nine, the nine goals in the draw. Anyway, who's your tip? I'm Tippy Essendon. I think Joe Danaher will come to play in yeah. Essendon and win. Not with a lot of confidence, but I'm going for the Bombers as well by yep. Western Kick. I think it'll be an absolute ripper. Anyway, may, um, may everyone who's going to that game or watching it wherever enjoy it, particularly any returned servicemen, of course. It's a great day yeah, for And we you. should mention the day because it is... Absolutely. I, I, I it's am, a very important day. It is very important. And, um, you know, I, I, we hadn't prepared this, but we talk about Anzac Day football and what it means. And there's a story, and a very quick one. A couple of years ago, the... AFL, through further investigation, identified that the youngest player to play the game was, in fact, a young St Kilda footballer called Claude Kroll, or Crowell, C-R-O-W-L. He was only 15 years and less than four months when he made his debut. Anyhow, he played a handful of games. His best mate growing up was a young man who played for Carlton. Mm. And they both, when the war started, signed up and were going on the biggest adventure of their lives. And both of them are league footballers with a handful of games, best mates, made sure that they were in the same division. Both of them were there at the landing at Gallipoli and both made the ultimate sacrifice just minutes after the landing. At 15? No, no. They, this was some years down oh, okay. the track. They were okay. 20 or whatever. Yeah. But still, but, you know, embarking on AFL careers. Yeah. But they said, no, we're going. And even though they were um, both shot a, a distance apart, it has... It's clear that they both came off the landing craft at the same time. And these two mates would have said, come on, let's get into them. And they both perished on the beach. And that, that is the sacrifice made by so many Australians. This just happens to be two footballers who are great mates. It is a good story. And uh, like we said, a very important occasion. That's it for this week. Thanks for watching. Uh, thanks once again to My Sport Live, who uh, very generously give us the use of their facilities. Thanks to all the crew, Tom, Andrew, and Mal, and Craig, and uh, everyone else who puts in their two bobs worth. And make sure you subscribe to Footyology TV on YouTube. You can catch all the episodes we've had this year. That's it. So may your football be good football and good night.